This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Good morning. It is a Wednesday on the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. It's midweek. Great to have you along with us. I'm Michael Jenkins, live in the nation's capital. She is Chelsea Messenger, my partner in crime, live in Nashville, Tennessee. Coming up in the next three hours, we will tell you what happened last night in the association as the regular season continues at 620. Forget about the bad games. What we're going to do is focus on on the best games this weekend in week 15 of the National Football League. Oh, and bowl season is finally here. I am so ready. At 6.40, find out which games interest us with all of the action getting underway on Saturday. During the 7 o'clock hour, we will play read and react NFL style. Speaking of style, Beck UL's Lucy Burge will bring her fit check and her unique perspective to us starting at 6.20. That's always fun. At 7.40, our survivor pool after an awful week all around for everyone last time out. Then during the 8 o'clock hour, our level best pick some sides and totals in the NBA. Beck UL's Kate Constable joins us on this Women of Wagertainment Wednesday at 8.20. And you know the drill at 8.45. It is our best bets and the donkster. Chelsea, how you doing on this middle of the week Wednesday good morning we have a coffee update I am trying a new coffee I went out and got that caramel truffle coffee and boy is it amazing it's always great we talked about this yesterday we are creatures of habit so we like to stay Mm. with what we know and what we like but I will say when you actually branch out and try something new and it's actually good that's a great feeling so I'm feeling great my great coffee oh excellent i had an awesome ride to work today i can't believe it i my ride is sarcasm no 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 it was actually amazing truly amazing it was my ride is about 10 minutes (laughs) and you know how i tell you like every now and then i'll just have a random running with someone and i totally connect with someone i get in the car and the guy smells my coffee and goes, man, that coffee smells good. I go, I tell you what, next time I'll bring you one. And he kind of like laughed and turned around. He goes, man, that's just a nice thing for you to say. I just appreciate that. I was like, yeah, sure. 
So we just start talking. And this guy apparently, back in the day, used to be the personal driver for Big Poppy. He was a personal driver for a Rollis Chapman. So he was showing me pictures. And then he was a DJ in New York City. He's like, man, I really like you. What kind of music do you like? And I was like, oh, I like all sorts of music. He goes, oh, man, I got something for you here. I got some Earth, Wind, and Fire. I got some John Coltrane. I got some Stevie Ray Vaughan. You said you're from Texas. So he just gives me randomly a couple CDs here. I got a Earth, Wind, and Fire, a couple albums here. And this is Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble. And then he gave me his number. He's like, man, it's been awesome talking to you. If you ever need a ride, let me know. And I was like, yeah, sure, man. And I was like, this is going to be a great day. I got some free music. Guys showing me pictures and telling me stories about Big Poppy in the club. It was awesome. Look at us. Look at us, Brainchild. Oh, because I feel like on this show, you have said, I wish there was an option where you didn't have to talk at Ubers. And if you would have been talking and if you would have put that option on, you wouldn't have met this amazing driver. So look at us branching out and not being, yeah. you know, hermits in our shell. Oh, look at not only that, Chelsea. Look at our bets last night. Look at oh, us. Oh, this is gonna look at us. We've got it all figured out. Look at us. We're so, that's gonna be our theme for today. Look at us. Look how great we're doing. Tell me about that first half college basketball bet you hit. Yeah, I was just banking on Hofstra to be decent, at least in the first half. I think this is a good angle for mid-majors going against blue blood schools, but I think it's even better when it's in the first half. Because if I would have played the full game, Hofstra plus 15 and a half against Duke, that would have been a loser. But they mm -hmm. kept it within nine within the first half. Uh, Duke led it 44 to 39, but if you do the quick mental math, that is still... Fewer than nine points. Hofter, a pretty solid mid-major. Duke is a good team, uh, but still, sometimes prone to very slow start. So, I'll take the dub. Absolutely. Well done there. I only had one bet last night, but it was a winner as well. On the ice, Canucks, only minus 125 on the money line against the Lightning. Vancouver has been a moneymaker at home this season. I feel like... Vegas still hasn't caught up to the fact that the Canucks are a very good hockey team. So that was a win for one Donkster. Woo, buddy, having a tough week. Red Wings Blues under six and a hook. Red Wings went six to four. That was a loss, and I almost took the Blues. I'm glad I didn't do that. Austin P. at Southern Illinois. The Donkster was laying 12 and a half with the Salukis. Is that right, Bill? Southern Illinois? Yeah. But Austin P wins 70-68. So whew, for the week, you are two and one. I'm two and one. And the Darkster is 0 and 4. We gotta do something about that, Darkster. Let's talk about the NBA last night and what we saw in the association now that the IST is over. The Suns down the Warriors 119-116. So the Suns were getting two points. Suns were plus 105 on the money line. Total set at 228 and a half. The overhits. Devin Booker, 32 points. Bradley Beal actually plays and scores 16 in his return from a back injury. But Kevin Durant not in the lineup. So the Suns big three still have not suited up together this season. However, the big story in this game, unfortunately. Draymond Green why wouldn't it be ejected from the game for the third time in this season because he had a swinging forearm that hit Yusuf Nurkic right in the face he is looking at yet 
another suspension, though he says he's sorry. He was pulling my hip, and I was swinging away to sell the call, made contact with him. Um, as you know, I'm not one to apologize for things I meant to do, but I do apologize to you, sir, um, because I didn't intend to hit him. Uh, I sell calls with my arms. I don't fall or to sell a call. I don't, I'm not a flopper. So I was just selling the call because he was grabbing me and pulling my hip back. So I spun away, and unfortunately, I hit him. And so, like I said, I apologize to you, Seth, um, because I didn't intend to hit him. This reminds me of the Ron Burgundy quote, I don't believe you. Did you see this replay? <laughs> this wasn't just some spin where his arm just happened to get loose. This was intentional. It was a forearm shiver to the face. And, oh, by the way, isn't this the same Draymond Green that put Rudy Gobert in a chokehold? Isn't this the same Draymond Green that punched Jordan Poole? Isn't this the same Draymond Green who has the second most suspensions in NBA history? Isn't this the same Draymond Green who leads the NBA in suspensions this year? Isn't this the same Draymond All Green right. who possibly, I'm, I'm serious, who cost his team possibly an NBA title? I'm so over not even being able to talk about the game because Draymond Green is acting a fool. I thought we were going to spend the next 20 minutes. Isn't this the same Draymond Green that punched Jordan Poole in the face? Listen, I was ready to come on here and like be angry about this, but every time I watch the replay, I just start laughing again. You know how we were talking about figure skating the other day? This looks like yeah. the arm movements that they do before they like are gonna do like a triple axel. Like yeah. every time I watch it, it's so funny. Like, what is he doing? Who spins like this? Like clearly no one. <sighs> this is not normal, Draymond. And it's wild to me the similarities that we are seeing this week between professional athletes and disciplining toddlers. Because these are two things. Looking at Patrick Mahomes being a crybaby yes. and not taking any responsibility. And then you see Draymond Green once again hitting other people. Because if you have a kid that's hitting other people at the playground or in play dates, you say, okay, we're not hanging out with that kid anymore. At one point, at what point is the NBA mm -hmm. going to say, okay, maybe we need to start doing something differently? Because we have been suspending him. Clearly, it's not working. So maybe you got to do something a little bit more to get through that thick dome oh. of Draymond Green. So he stops doing this. It just doesn't matter. He's in the latter part of his career. And as I was saying, he did this in the NBA Finals a few years ago, possibly cost his team a title because he got suspended for a game. This is what he does. This is who he is. And it's so selfish because the Warriors are a team that aren't playing well right now. Klay Thompson got benched in this game in the third quarter after only seven points. So they need you in the lineup. And once again, what does Draymond Drew? He says, oh, I'm just going to act out. I'll do what I always do. I'll get a suspension. I'll make an excuse. I won't apologize. I'm just so over it. In Dallas.
the Mavs top the Lakers 127-125. The Mavs getting three points, so they come through at plus 125 on the money line. Total set at 235 and a hook the over hits. Luka Doncic paces Dallas with 33 points and seven boards. His eighth straight 30-point game, something he has not done since the 2021 playoffs. Cedar Todd back and forth. Doncic into Jackson Hayes. Mm-hmm. Highlight courtesy of TNT. Tim Hardaway Jr. comes off the bench, scores a season-high 32. And even without Kyrie Irving, who was sitting out with an injury, the Mavericks hold on despite a 15-point lead in the third quarter that slowly evaporated, and they get the dub. I like the Lakers in this one, but we were talking yesterday about a possible letdown, and I think that's what we saw from the Lake show here. Well, they only lost by two, and LeBron played 40 minutes. AD played 37 and scored 37 and had 11 rebounds. So it was a close game, and the Mavericks are a good team. And Luka Doncic, we know when he is on a tear, he's absolutely unstoppable. What's crazy is the line has gotten so high on Luka that he didn't even hit his points prop in this one. And you've got to be careful with some of the stars because they put these numbers insanely high. The points prop on him was 34 and a half. He finished with 33 but also 17 dimes. Uh, this is the true mark of somebody who is not only scoring, but facilitating the offense. And that's why Luca is so good at his job. But my hypothesis, I think, was wrong. Like, LeBron clearly played every, you know, 40 minutes in this game. Mm -hmm. Like I said, Anthony Davis was good. So is the are the Lakers a team that we can trust to at least give their full effort moving forward? Because I know they lost this game, but, like, it was a two-point game. They still played, you know, most of the minutes. Yeah. Well, now we're going to start seeing these guys rest because right now, and we'll get into this later on in the show, the Lakers are only a two-and-a-half-point favorite over the Spurs. And I was like, what is going mm. on here? LeBron is questionable. AD is questionable, both of those guys. So we'll get into that, but that's exactly sort of to your point, which is will these guys continue at this pace? Maybe, but they're going to take a break in between, it certainly looks like. In Chicago, Nuggets over the Bulls, 114-106. Nuggets were laying six and a half points. Nuggets minus 160 on the money line. Total hits by the hook, set at 215 and a half. And the Joker gets ejected in the second quarter. Oh. Look at Joker. Joker's just talking the whole time down. Yeah, I saw the official kind of point as if he was ejecting Jokic from the game. That can't be right, can it? Did he get ejected from the game? Wow. This happened against the Pistons a few weeks back as well for Come Denver. On. Now listen. Oh, that, listen, that's that terrible. Seems, that's, that's, that doesn't that's excessive. seem fair at all. That that's excessive. excessive. That's excessive. Yeah, I, uh, I, give, I, the guy, give the guy a tech. You, you should have got a tech down there because he should have got fouled. But to eject the guy, come on now. That, I, I the mean, people didn't come to see the officials. Let's just be honest. They came to see the players. He's one of the players that people came to see. Give him a tech. He, he earns that. He's a two-time MVP. He earned the right to be able to communicate. NBC Sports Chicago with the call. Now, what did Jokic communicate? He was very vague about it. Admitted he went too far. He wouldn't be specific. He said this after the game. I crossed the line, but sometimes that word doesn't cross the line. I don't know what that means, but it seemed pretty 
just pretty mundane when even the Bulls announcers are like, that's ridiculous. But I don't know what Jokic said. Chelsea, I think you're muted. I can't. Oh, I was blowing my nose. Um, oh, okay. but it makes you kind of think the worst, right? But then you said sometimes this word doesn't think what doesn't mean what you think it means. I don't like know. now Jokic is the Cheshire cat, like giving us riddles. So I don't know what yeah. he said, but still, it does feel like a lot. Like, did he need to be ejected? Probably not. But I also don't know what he said. So yeah. this one is going to be a mystery until he admits it. But doesn't it feel like Nikola Jokic is somebody who will take this, like, to his grave? Like, I'll never tell. Yeah. Now <laughs> I'm going to be thinking about this. You're going to ask me a question, and I'll be like, huh? I'm still thinking of that Jokic word. Coming up in five minutes, the Cowboys are one of the hottest teams in the NFL. So why are they getting points in Buffalo on Sunday? We'll examine the best games from week 15 in the NFL. And think about that word. It's next to the Daily Tip from Becky Bell presented by BetMGM. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Welcome back to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. With Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the show. That is The Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Coming up in just a couple minutes, we will take out the trash and focus squarely on the best games on the slate in week 15 of the National Football League. Chester, what'd you do yesterday? Anything exciting? I did nothing. Actually, I worked a lot. I take that back. I went to Commander's Park. I came back. I started cleaning the house. I was doing dishes. I was doing laundry. I was Holly Homemaker yesterday waiting for the lovely Catherine to get back into town. And then she finally got back from New York City, and we hung out last night and stayed up probably too late, but we hadn't seen each other in a couple days. It was a good day. What about you? What did you do in Hendersonville that I'm missing out on? Oh, you definitely didn't miss anything. I definitely did some cleaning, yeah. as I do every day. Okay. Because the older I get, the more I realize I have a better feeling about the day if the house is clean. And I think a yeah. lot of people can attest to this. It's the same thing as like if your desk is a mess and you're spending like a lot of your time at your desk, it just subconsciously like gets into you and it's like, oh, my life's kind of a mess. So uh, I did a lot of cleaning yesterday as I normally mm. do, but I was sitting there looking at our birdhouse outside the window and I oh, thought, you have a bird my house? goodness, Chelsea. Oh, yes, we have a birdhouse and it's part of our daily activities. But I was thinking huh. to myself, Chelsea, you used to live at a casino. You used to travel once every two weeks. Now the highlight of your day is sitting with your coffee at the window and saying, oh, I wonder if we're going to get a cardinal today. But I hope oh, it's a yeah. male because the females don't really have that great of a color. Maybe we'll get a blue jay. Oh, just the tip mouse. God, today's so boring. So, yes, this is one of the highlights of our day at our household is watching our bird feeder in the winter. Chelsea, this makes me want to come visit you guys and just have a relaxing vacation. You can make it an Airbnb. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, I'm going to come down to Hendersonville. There's a golf course right there. Maybe I'll play some golf. It's nicely decorated, right? 
You've got Christmas decorations everywhere. Maybe I'll sit back and I'll watch the birds outside. Maybe I'll see one of those cardinals. I know what you're talking about because you want the cardinal that is the full red cardinal, a blue jay. I'll bird watch for a while. Then maybe we'll go to downtown. I bet there's a nice gazebo downtown where I can get a peppermint coffee from Starbucks and sit and just enjoy the city. There's nothing wrong with a quick getaway. So you're talking me into coming down. This sounds like the start of a Hallmark Christmas movie, which it sure does. Jenks, have you been forced to watch any of these just yet? Because uh, I haven't really done my full dive into the Christmas movies. I've just been yeah. busy. There's been a lot of basketball on during the week. But sometimes I like watching these just for the pure comedy. Like they are so formulaic that you can always guess oh, what yeah. happens next. It's like, she's a big city lawyer. Oh, he's a small town guy running his family's bakery. And when they get together, he's going to teach her the true spirit of Christmas. And like it always <laughs> happens that way. But I watch Absolutely. them anyway and I'm an idiot. But... Have you watched any of these? Like, I think they've gotten progressively worse because they know people are going to watch them regardless. So, like, the acting's terrible. The plot has so many holes. Uh, have you watched any of these lately? Oh, what's the one? Uh, it's a Christmas movie. It's got Jude Law. It's got Cameron Diaz in oh, it. Love the Actually. Holiday. Oh, oh, The Holiday. The Holiday. Yes. That's a good so one. So that is Catherine's favorite. And so we watched it last year. We watched it two weeks ago. And I actually like the holiday. Jack Black's in it as well. It's actually a very good movie. Very feel-good movie. So we watched that already. But I know Catherine is a huge Christmas movie person. Like, we were looking on Netflix. You know, they, they list everything by, if it's Halloween, they have scary movies. So now that it's Christmas time, they have holiday movies. And we were going through. She's like, okay, seen it, seen it, seen it. <laughs> Okay. Oh, no, no, I have seen that. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. I haven't. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen I was like, how many of these have you seen? And so those are the types of movies where you can just put them on and you can watch them, mm -hmm. but you can kind of mill around the house and maybe do some things, but also keep them on. You don't have to stay like locked in, like you're watching Oppenheimer or something. So you understand everything that's going on. Like you can take a five minute break and be like, are they still downtown shopping? Yes, they are. So sometimes that's just part of it. And I get it. I will be watching many Christmas movies coming up. I can already tell you that's in the pipeline. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Didn't we have this discussion last year about which NFL quarterback would be the most likely to be the star of a Hallmark Christmas movie? I think it was Jimmy Garoppolo. Ooh. Like, he's so good Jimmy looking. Jimmy G would be good. Like, obviously, it has to be Jimmy G. Even though I don't think that's his demographic. Like, uh -huh. I think he goes for, like, ladies of the night and, you know, women who would be working <laughs> at some kind of club as opposed to, like, a small-town yep. bakery owner. Uh, but oh, what about yeah. this year, since Jimmy G's not in the fold? Who is most likely to be in a Hallmark Christmas movie? Does Kirk Cousins count, even though he's on the IR? No. He's such a weirdo. <laughs> Kirk, Cousins. Kirk Cousins is so weird. It'd be like, but, hey, 
you know, he, Kirk Cousins would be the guy on Christmas Day. He shows up in a costume, and you're like, Kirk, what are you doing? Hey, I mean, it's happy. Yeah, this is Halloween. Yeah, but who doesn't like dressing up? I'm an elf. Okay, Kirk, just you know what? Just go home, please, please. I, no, I can't. I can't do Kirk Cousins. I can't do it. I think Joe Burrow might work. Oh, he's too cool. Too, he would definitely not do Hallmark. Yeah, he's way too swaggy. I think Kirk Cousins is perfect, actually. He's that guy that's like way too into Christmas and still believes in Santa. And you're like, yeah. come on, no adults still believe in Santa. He's like, there's Santa. just some magic to it. And they try to get everybody to actually believe in Santa. That's Kirk Cousins. He would believe in it because he saw a Facebook post about it. Catherine was giving me a hard time because of how much I love Christmas. I was talking about Santa Claus. I was like, Santa Claus is the best. Who doesn't love Santa Claus? And so we were watching on, I think it was the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and we're laying in bed, and I'm kind of in and out. We're watching it, and I kind of close my eyes, and I hear her giggling. I'm like, what are you laughing about? And I open my eyes, and Santa Claus is dancing at the parade. She's like, there's your guy. I'm like, yeah, my guy is Santa Claus. Why is that hilarious to you? She's like, you love Santa. I'm like, yes. Who doesn't love Santa Claus? Of course I love Santa Claus. Absolutely. I love this time of year. God, I was mad at our Christmas parade because, you know, Santa's the big finale. You know, he comes in last in the parade. And we have been waiting yeah. the whole time for him. So he comes in his float, and he's standing off the side. And he's, like, legitimately 5'3". I'm like, okay. Oh, my God. Santa's not 5'3". He can't even carry the bag of gifts. Am I being mean here? Can Santa truly be 5'3"? No. Santa is tall. <laughs> he's rotund, and he's jolly. If you're going to be short, you're an elf. That's, that's elf. That's true. That is elf situation. That is elf territory. If you're short, you're an elf. If you're tall, and you're big, and you're that's Santa Claus. And I'm a Santa Claus guy, clearly. Chelsea, I guess, since it is December, we have to talk about more than just Christmas. How about the NFL, Week 15? The news yesterday, which was a little shocking, is that Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert is out for the season with finger surgery. Heard it last Sunday against the Broncos, so he finishes the year with just over 3,100 yards, 20 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. And now, Easton Stick... We'll start for L.A. That sounds like a town in Louisiana. Easton Stick, Louisiana. Nope, that's a guy. He will start for the Chargers. I have no idea who that is. The Chargers are playing the Raiders this weekend. Raiders are laying three points in Vegas. But for a lost season when it comes to the Chargers and how much they've disappointed, this is just yet another huge blow. Yeah, this sounds like if there was a TV movie about a football team, the quarterback would be named Easton Stick. And they're like, there's Easton. He came from a small <laughs> town in Texas. Sure uh, it looks like he went to, where to go to? North Dakota State, something like that. Uh, yeah, and so it's not somebody who I had ever heard of. And I feel like I am somebody who is pretty dialed into football. But what do you make of this Chargers team and this line? Uh, the fact that, you know, the Chargers are only getting three points against, well, I guess it's the Raiders. But come yeah. on, man. I don't want to watch this. The Chargers and the Raiders, and now you take Justin Herbert out of the fold for an offense that's still not scoring. Like, that's the yeah. thing. 
even when the Chargers had Justin Herbert, they had a game where they won it six to nothing against the Patriots. And we get it. That's a good defense. But still, this team could not be any more underwhelming than it has been this season. And now we're forced to watch another, like, you know, travesty of an offense with a different quarterback. I don't know if I can watch this one. I don't want to see Easton stick. Chargers, Raiders, ugh. Sounds so gross to me. Justin Herbert had started 62 consecutive games, and that was Mm -hmm. the second longest streak in the NFL, second only to Josh Allen, who has started 84 straight. So he's been a warrior for the Chargers, been banged up, and finally his season is over after taking all of that punishment. We do have some very good games on the NFL schedule this week. So, Chelsea, I will defer to you here. When you look at the four games we have listed, is there a game that stands out to you and you say this is one of my one of my more favorite bets of the week? Well, I did. I was excited for the Jags and the Ravens, but mm-hmm. know just how healthy Trevor Lawrence is because we know mm-hmm. that you know he came off the field last time, and even if he's not a hundred percent, I think make a difference here because we saw this with Joe Burrow. If a quarterback is not 100%, when they scramble, that's when the issue arises. Trevor Lawrence is pretty shifty. He's kind of similar to Joe Burrow in that fact that he's not really considered a rushing quarterback, but he also can get out of jams and pick pick up a first down if need be with his feet. So Jags home dogs here plus three and a half. I don't know. Nobody's talking about the Ravens. This is a team that looks like they're probably going to be the best team in the AFC, and yet... All we hear about is really the NFC. So maybe this is a low number here, but I don't know. It will be interesting to see what we get out of the Ravens this week, if they can continue to climb their ascent in the NFL and what's going on with Trevor Lawrence. I think I like the under here. And, of course, we know about primetime unders hitting at more than a 70% clip, even though neither under hit on Monday Night Football. So that definitely went against the trend. But – I would grab this number now if you like it for a couple reasons. Money is piling in on the under, but more than that, the weather should be a factor. Now, things can change because it's only Wednesday, and we're talking about a Sunday night football game here. But right now, it's projected that we're going to see a ton of wind and like showers throughout the game. I think we see an under in Duval on Sunday night. How about the Cowboys and the Bills? This is one of the more fascinating games on the schedule. The Bills are laying two and a half points. The Bills are minus 135. The Cowboys are plus 115. The total set at 50 and a half. Yesterday, this spread was Bills minus two. So it's gone up a half point. And the total has gone up a point and a half from 49. Chelsea, I am on Buffalo here. It feels like to me even though money is coming in on the bills that Vegas wants you to bet on the Cowboys here. Oh, for sure. This line doesn't make a lot of sense. If you look at the Cowboys overall and at the season that they're having and the fact that Dak Prescott is the front runner to win the MVP. Mm -hmm. But if you look at his stats away from Dallas, they're pretty different. Uh, Completion percentage, only 63%, eight touchdowns to four picks. So a far cry from, you know, the great season that he's having overall 28 touchdowns, Six interceptions, so four of those coming on the road. So I think that's the question for Dallas. Can they go on the road and play as well as they've been playing at Jerry World? And I think the line is kind of suggesting that they don't. 
at what point yeah. would you be on Dallas though? Because I still think they're a good team, and I still think this is a Buffalo team that can present mm -hmm. us with a very different team week to week. Like, is this a Buffalo team you really want to trust week in and week out? We know they can be inconsistent. Yeah. I, you know, I I, I do. I, I just like them in this spot. I know they've been inconsistent, but the Bills are in desperation mode right now. They must keep winning because they are still in the AFC playoff race, but they've got to keep winning. And they don't own any of the tiebreakers, so they're probably going to have to have some help along the way. But also... We always talk about, and maybe we overuse the phrase, but I think it's important. We talk about sell high spots and buy low spots. And this seems to me to be a perfect sell high spot on the Cowboys. Make no mistake, I like the Cowboys a lot. And it's time to start giving them their flowers. But they are a different team on the road. They won 15 straight in Dallas. Clearly, they are away from Dallas here. And you're getting Buffalo still at less than a field goal. I don't mind the Bills on the money line. I think it's close. But in that colder weather for a Bills team coming off a big win against Kansas City, which they needed, and this is another game they got to have, I just think Buffalo's the right side here. This is also a massive game with other implications because I think for the narratives for Dallas and also the MVP race, if you think Dallas loses, mm -hmm. maybe took a, take a look at somebody else to win MVP. Coming up in five minutes, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And I'm not talking about Christmas. I'm talking about bowl season, baby. That is next on the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Great to have you with us on a Wednesday. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. I'm so excited for this weekend. It's bowl season, baby. My weekend is going to consist of two things, Christmas parties and college football. Let's go. I'm Michael Jenkins, live in the nation's capital. She is Chelsea Messenger, live in Nashville, Tennessee. And Chelsea is very focused on something right now. She is looking down. She is in the zone. She's not even listening to anything I'm saying. Chelsea, are you okay? Little Chelsea, check in. What's going on? I just heard a rumor that I wanted to check in on. I heard a rumor oh. that Tyler Glass now and Randy Rosarena could be going to the Dodgers. Now, this is completely unfounded. And this oh is like God. Twitter doing what Twitter does. Because I think what happened was Otani's interpreter followed Tyler Glass now and Randy Rosarena. Now, this could be completely for some other reason, but people are inferring that maybe the Dodgers are making this trade. And that would have been, you know, come that would be on. a monster trade. Right? Like, come on. The Dodgers can't have everybody. I think this is yeah. the worst part of baseball is the fact that there is a luxury tax and they try to limit spending. But, like, the big-name teams are just like, huh, we'll pay it. Keep spending. So uh, it just feels like whoever has the deepest pockets sometimes immediately inserts themselves in the conversation. But I will say, didn't we have this reaction mm -hmm. – for the New York Mets, 
for the San Diego Padres. So just because you buy all of this talent does not mean that you're going to win a guaranteed World Series, but it does give you a pretty big leg up on the competition. So that's what I was monitoring because people were saying that Tyler Glass now took the Tampa Bay Rays out of his Instagram profile, and he did. So... I mean... We've seen this before, but even this would be way over the top. Well, Randy Rosarina posted a picture of him and Otani from the World Baseball Classic on his Instagram. That's why everybody lost their minds. About okay, Rosarino. so maybe it's much so, ado about nothing. I mean, but he did post not. it, so oh, I mean, who knows? God. If they sign all these guys, like, what's the fun in that? That's the one thing I can't stand about baseball is that teams like the Dodgers and Yankees, when they decide to spend – then it's an unfair playing field. And I understand the Padres have tried this. The Yankees have done this forever. But if this did happen, I mean, come on. Like, why don't you just go ahead and trade for Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander and then bring in Blake Snell and just bring in an all-star team out there? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's going to be like an ensemble comedy, you know, when they have just like all the big names. Remember when they, they they used to do those type of movies? They were usually based around holidays. It was like Valentine's Day, New Year's Day, um, something about <laughs> Christmas, where it'd just be all of these big stars. And the problem is you get like little vignettes and it's just like, okay, we get five minutes of whoever. Then it's on to the next one. So yeah, it seems like an overkill. But I will say the Dodgers didn't really spend much last year. Like last year, they were pretty quiet in free agency. So maybe this is the year where they're really going in for the kill. It sure looks that way. I'm going in for the kill this weekend for college bowl season. I am so excited. It starts on Saturday. We've got everything from the Myrtle Beach Bowl to the Cricket Celebration Bowl to the Cure Bowl to the New Mexico Bowl. Chelsea, I actually sat down, and we didn't have to do this. I handicapped every game on Saturday like a real moron. Bill shaking his head. He's like, you didn't have to do that. So this is on me. But I did it, and I'm ready to go. And for the first bowl game, I'm going to bring in Double D, the Myrtle Beach Bowl, because wasn't it early in the season? Double D, let me see that blue beard. You get in here. That's right, Santa. Here's the thing. Wasn't it early in the season? And if I'm wrong, please correct me. Weren't you all over Georgia Southern. Didn't I hear you at one point say Georgia Southern could end up sneaking up into the top 10, or am I just making this up? Mm, And now you're muted. muted. You're muted. Oh, now wait a minute. Now we're not muted. (laughs) There you go. Um, I wouldn't say I said top 10. No, not no, 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 no. I that was James. You were Madison. hot on those guys. James Madison, I was all over. Let's not get that twisted. Okay. Uh, Georgia Southern's probably in that second tier of really good non-power five teams, okay. though. Yeah, but Ohio, Miami. Yeah, Ohio's really, really good. Like really good, Mac. Yeah, team. but they don't have their quarterback. The transfer Georgia portal Southern laid hit three and a half. Hard. Just because they're in the transfer portal, Chelsea, does not mean that they don't they cannot play. They can still play for their team. It just means they're looking for a new team unless they make the decision before the bowl game. Well, isn't this line kind of suggesting that 
you know, Ohio has lost some talent. Like, Jenks, when you looked at this game, like, you mm -hmm. saw all this transfer portal nonsense, didn't you? Because it yeah. looks like their quarterback, two of their leading receivers, which is a big chunk of their offense. So doesn't mm -hmm. this line suggest that the quarterback's probably not playing? Because this is a 9-3 and three Ohio team. It seems that way. And that's why I deferred to Double D. He's the Georgia Southern, Atlanta Falcons, Penn State expert on this show. <laughs> I will say this. If Georgia Southern can control time of possession with the run game that they have, because they do have a very good run game, I, I would take yeah. I would take Georgia Southern. And if Chelsea, if you're right and those players absolutely are not playing, I'm all over Georgia Southern at that point because you're taking away the best part of what Ohio has been this year. Yeah, Curtis works a big part of their offense. So I think isn't that why the line is where it's at? Because I think it would be at least a shorter line if they were to play. So clearly we've got some big questions. And this is the worst part of bowl season now is that even these smaller schools, you're going to have issues with the transfer portal. Because I thought to myself before looking at these games that, oh, only the big name schools and only, you know, the cream and the crop is going to have the transfer portal issues and the guys sitting out because of the NFL draft that kind of makes things a little wonky. But no, we're looking at, what is this, the Myrtle Beach Bowl? So yes, landmines everywhere when handicapping bowl games. Well, I got a handicap for you. Somebody's got a handicap. The Cricket Celebration Bowl. That's right. <laughs> Noon kickoff in Atlanta. Couple of HBCU schools. Howard and Florida A&M. Florida A&M is laying seven. They're minus 235 on the money line. Howard is plus 185. The total is 48 and a hook. Did I have a hard time finding these numbers? Yes, I did. Give me Florida A&M. Rivalry game, FCS battle, but the Rattlers play some serious defense. They are number two in scoring defense in the FCS, number one in tackles for loss. They have allowed more than 20 points only twice this year. Lay the seven with the Rattlers. That's my call in the cricket celebration ball. Even though when you have two HBCU schools going at it, it's always a heated rivalry, and Howard is better than their 6-5 and five record. I like Florida A&M at 11-1. and one. Chelsea, is there another game on the schedule that you like? I was going to say, I couldn't even find, like, some trends to look at for Howard and Florida A&M. So definitely did mm -hmm. not look at that one because it felt like I couldn't get much information. Uh, but if you look at the rest of these games, I think my favorite one would probably be maybe the Independence Bowl. You look at that one in uh, California and Texas Tech. Texas Tech laying two and a half. A lot of this, mm -hmm. I think, when you look at bowl games, how much do you trust these lines? And how much are you seeing these line moves? Because I think you start there with a lot of these. Uh, but I think I'll go with uh, Texas Tech laying the two and a half. This one opened. Texas Tech getting a point and a half. And you see steep line movement there. It's already at a three in some spots. So I'll go with that. Reading the line movement, I'll take Texas Tech uh, in the Independence Bowl. I am going with Cal here. We're on opposite sides. First of all, this is a spike play. I do not like Texas Tech, so let's get that out there. We left these jokers in the dust in the Big 12. Bye. 
So glad it's over. But here's the thing. I wonder how Texas Tech is going to respond after that spanking by Texas where they just got destroyed. Also, the Bears have won three straight, including a victory over UCLA. Red Raiders still playing with a backup quarterback who is just not good. I'm going to take Cal and the points in the Independence Bowl. My favorite bowl game on the schedule, and I will be playing this, the New Mexico Bowl. Oh, yeah. You heard, oh, and Matt just put, I love Jacksonville State. So do I. The New Mexico Bowl, this is a 545 kickoff from Albuquerque, and you've got New Mexico State taking on Fresno State. New Mexico State is laying three and a half points. They're minus 175 on the money line. Fresno State is plus 145. Total set at 51 and a hook. If you have not watched New Mexico State quarterback Diego Pavia this year, do yourself a favor. He's a blast to watch. He's a dual threat. He can do anything. This guy was actually a state wrestling champion in New Mexico. And they're going to have a home field advantage because Las Cruces is about, what, a three-hour and 20-minute drive from Albuquerque where the game is being played. So here I was in high school. I'm trying to win a state competition in pros this guy was a wrestler, and now he's a tough-as-nails quarterback. I love New Mexico State in this spot, giving the Aggies laying a three-and-a-half. See, I liked New Mexico State against Liberty, and they did not cover against Liberty. But this is mm -hmm. a different situation. They are favorites in this one and not getting 10 points. And also, you look at Fresno. They have not been good uh, in any situation over their last three, failing to cover in each of the last three games. And you're right. I watched a little bit of that Liberty in New Mexico State game. Uh, this was a lot of scoring. Uh, 49 to 35 final score. It was actually tied at halftime. So I like this offense, especially with that quarterback. Finally, Matt, I'll throw it in there before we go to break. The New Orleans Bowl, Jacksonville State taking on Louisiana. It's at the Superdome, 215 kickoff on Saturday. Jacksonville State is laying three. They're minus 160 on the money line. Total set at 59 and a hook bottom line you think oh this is a home game for louisiana they're playing the dome all of the money is on jacksonville state like 99 percent of the money they're four and one against the number in their last five it's a short number jacksonville state covers at the dome coming up next the dolphins were humiliated by chelsea's titans on monday night football what does that mean for the rest of the season in miami that is when we come back for more, listen to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.